Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Post. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Scott. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening and tuning in. And you're getting us uh, recorded today. For those of you that are listening to the replay, you won't know any different. Uh, <laughs> for those for those of you who normally join us live, thank you for your patience. Again, while we uh, do some of our other obligations yeah. uh, that are out in the world, which is probably a good way for us to start today's mm-hmm. uh, discussion. We're going to move into the topic of games to set you free, games to help embolden you and things like that. Uh, but before we do that, you know, what, normally we talk about clients uh-huh. and themes that we've seen. Yes. Uh, both of us have chatted offline, getting ready for today's show. Yes. And, you know, the question that constantly arises uh, for me and my wife is, what do you do when it's family? A little bit uh, different than a coaching client, a little bit different than a therapy uh, client, yeah. um, because there's all of that background. It's messy. Yeah. It's complicated. Uh, yeah. and, and I'd be fascinated from a therapist standpoint, because you're going through some stuff and I'm going <laughs> through some stuff and I'm not the best person I'm not the best person to watch the Titanic movie because I know how it ends <laughs> and I can give you the Jack and Rose script, right? Jack uh-huh. Rose, Jack uh-huh. Rose, it's cold, it's wet, it's, you know, and, and it doesn't end well. Um, <laughs> and no matter how many times you watch the movie, it doesn't end well. Yes. And so there are two things. What do you do? And I pose this rhetorically, by the way, for all our listeners, it's, you know, we've all got aging parents. We've all got aging children. We're aging, life is moving on, new right. stuff is hitting the fan uh, right. with, with the, the Delta variant. And by the way, there'll be other names for all these variants. That oh, yeah, life, there's a gamma now. Li- right? you, I li- joked li- about it, but there really is a gamma yeah. now. You know, life goes on. What do yeah. you do when you're watching a train wreck about to happen, or at least you think that? What? And again, this is rhetorical. What do you do yeah. as we all age, as our lives, and I'm not going to get into a whole discussion about yeah. uh, what the what the life expectancy is, because I've even heard things that life expectancy is now dropped. But we're living longer, you know. To, to look yeah, at the ages general. that look mm-hmm. at the ages that we are now. You know, mm-hmm. those of you into past lives, you've never lived so freaking long. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Right. And right. so we've got all these things going on. What do you do when you're watching a train wreck about to happen? What the hell do you yeah. do when you're on the train? Um, yeah. And you know, I don't know about you, Michelle, do, what, what kind of coping mechanisms do you use when for fam- with family? With family? Uh, so obviously what I'm willing to do for a family member is a lot more intense uh, than what I'm willing to do for, for a client for good reasons, right? Um, you know, family, children, they stretch you. And that's okay to a certain degree. 
But when I'm watching a family member head towards a train wreck, I really practice the serenity prayer, accept what I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. It's like, I'm very, very clear. I cannot control. You can barely control a toddler. God knows, especially if you have a three-year-old, you can, (laughs) you definitely really hard to control a teenager, right? Um, I can sometimes barely control myself. So what gives me the audacity to think I'm going to be able to control another 20 year old, 30 year old, 70 year old, 80, you know, I cannot control other people. So I do my best to act like a consultant, meaning here's the information you have options and choices you know, can I help you in some way with this? You know, what's the role that would be most helpful for you? And then I have to look at, can I do that role? Do I have the time, the energy, the strength? Do I feel appreciated doing that role? Because I don't believe in the cognitive distortion called heaven's reward fallacy. It's this idea that I do and I do and I do, and I'm this martyr and I say yes to everything. And I never want to be the bad guy and da, 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 da. And someday my karma will all come back for me or it'll all pay off for me. I really do think that being told thank you and being appreciated in the here and now and being in a relationship that is give and take is important. And I'm, I'm not in any relationships that are all take right now. I just refuse to be in them. And when they turn that way, it's not okay. And I stand up for myself. Yeah. And I think, you know, just for me to kind of annotate what you've just said, one of the things that I'm distinguishing between, you know, when you've got a situation where there's a mental health challenge and or dementia or things like that where the the volitional aspect of it the appreciation aspect of it might not be there you take that out of it and you actually think that may be our delusion by the way you 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 know i love the uh there's a screenwriter that i absolutely love one of my instructors and i'm just going to pass on this the the quote to you it's not mine i love this quote i wish i had written it i should have written it but i didn't i i've adapted it though destroy your delusions know your illusions Mm. i want you to think about that you know what when it comes particularly for me by the way when it comes to family and Mm. and deep deep loved ones who might as well be family right exactly Uh, right you know you get to choose those who are in your family sometimes and (laughs) it's, I do a lot of delusional stuff. And I've come to that place, particularly when you deal with emotional crises, the drama of it all, uh, that sometimes isn't really drama at all. It's just the imagination of Mm -hmm. your loved one or your own. Mm -hmm. And it really comes down to what are the stories that I'm telling about them? Uh-huh. And it's a deep, it goes beyond this, this show and this brief little intro, but it does kind of tie in with the games we play, right? Yeah. That we're going to talk about. And I'm really on a journey of my own right now to figure out what are the stories that I've been telling about my various loved ones when there's stress, when there's you know worry or angst, fear, yeah. love, you know, sadness, whatever it is. What is the story I've put on them? And then to take my own little version of the Byron Katie work uh, process, 
you know, who would I be without that story? How would I behave differently? And it's really been a very interesting journey for me, considering that my word this year is unflappable. I know. Um, it's, it's been, I don't uh, think I'm ever going to let you pick a word again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, because well, I think your your unflappable has flapped me. <laughs> well, and and uh, we should we should digress for just a moment. The listeners, if you haven't heard us say this before, it's really very serendipitous, synchronistic, and weird uh -huh. that usually when things are happening in my life, some version of it is happening in Michelle's. It's and true. Vice versa. It's true. Um, all uh, in a in a very wonderful way that allows us to do this show. Exactly. And so. Again, you know, it's it just kind of depends on the self journey, self awareness that you that our listeners want to go on, yeah. uh, which will bring me to one of the games I'm going to play with you guys today. All right, good. Uh, but yeah, thanks for sharing that, Michelle, because it, it yeah. is it it can make us both very raw yeah. and very vulnerable. Yeah, and that that feels uncomfortable until you actually. I think embrace the concept that law is that law that life. Law. How, how how's that for us, Freudian slip? That law. <laughs> You've that, been doing it too long. <laughs> that life that life is raw and life is messy and yeah, life yeah. can be complicated mm -hmm. until you choose it not to be. Right, right. And it kind of depends. Do you want to keep playing the games? Do you want to not play the games? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How much yeah. is your imagination? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it you know. I think we have to keep also checking in with ourselves and saying like, what's my reservoir to, you know, because that's also something that will cause me to stretch myself for my family. If I have a really deep reservoir and I'm coming off of like a lot of free space where I've had creativity and time alone and time in nature, I'm so, I have so much more that I can show up for in an emergency but COVID-19's pandemic and the high level of cases and workload that I've had for the last year and a half are, you know, not as, <laughs> as easy as um, a normal year. So my own, yeah. it, despite like really intense self-care that is, is an ongoing process for me. Um, so when, when we're depleted, it does not help you to keep giving when you're depleted. You've got to hold, you've got to stop and ask for it. That's something else that I've done with family is um, when I feel like I'm taking on too much of the role and I need help from other people, I get help. I do not try to keep pushing myself to do it all. I get help. Um, but so those are, those are some of the things that I encourage you to do. But if we're, this was, this was my topic. The games to set you free. Yeah, and I want to, I want to, I want before you do that, before you do that, I want to add oh, one okay. thing. I want to add one thing okay, that you sure. just said, because I just saw this cartoon. Um, oh. I don't know who drew it, but it's a picture of Pooh and Piglet walking through the snow yeah. uh, in the forest. And uh -huh. Piglet is, Piglet is talking to Pooh uh -huh. and Piglet says, Pooh, what's the bravest thing you've ever said? Asked uh -huh. Piglet. And Pooh replied, help. Oh, I just got the JLo goosies. There you go. Yeah. It's so important. We've got to ask for help. You're not an island unto yourself unless you're a hermit on an island. So with, with that in with that in mind, let's talk. A, let's, then you need a, a volleyball and call him so, Wilson, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, let's move on yeah. to your let's move on to the topic you suggested. Okay. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but go no, ahead. No, no, no. That was very worth it. 
So when I suggested this, like the games to set you free, the reason why it came to mind is one of the self-care things that I've been doing personally for myself this year is I have a group of friends who are around the country and we like to get together at least once a month via Zoom and we uh, make a cocktail, we catch up on the events of the month and usually we do some online gaming of some sort. And it's, so I thought, wow, you know, are other people finding ways to have fun that are unusual? And, and so I wanted to share some of the nuggets of what I found in terms of individual private self-care for fun and some group stuff that you might check out if, if you're looking for a way to have a little more fun because fun is good self-care, laughter is great medicine. So one of the Again, whenever Scott and I tell you about stuff, uh, nobody is paying us to do this and be wise consumers. You know, if you're getting something for free, you are usually the, what is, you're usually the product. Yeah, you're the product. Right? So you want to be aware of any games that you get for free. And then some of them are worth paying the, the cost for, because then you don't have to deal with all the commercials. But I would say... Thanks to my partner, Brian, we found an online game called Fibbage, which you can play through a group. There's several versions of Fibbage. Fibbage is spelled F-I-F like Frank, I-B-B-A-G-E. And basically what it is, (laughs) it's kind of fun because it's sort of like this weird trivia game where there's some real trivia question that's very, very odd and has an odd answer, but they post up the question and then the rest of the players have to come up with a fake answer that they think other people are going to pick. They, you have to come up with a lie that other people are going to pick and you get points if people pick your lie. And then you've got to try to find the right answer in the middle of it. And you can actually do this all online. It's super easy. We did it through like we, we turned one screen into the Fibbit screen. We play it through our cell phones. It's in real time. And they have, you can even vote thumbs up for really funny answers that you knew weren't the truth, but you thought were really creative on the parts of your friends And it has been, we have laughed so much about that silly game. It's been one of our favorites. So I I wanted to share that with you as an example. And I want to stop, Scott, do you have some that you, like, how have you maintained fun with your friends through the Uh, pandemic? Well, it's interesting that you say that because uh, for a little over 20 years, uh, I hosted, Carolyn and I hosted, uh, a poker game. And at some points it was actually weekly. We would, and I have a group of a, a fair number of friends and it, it bottom line is the first nine to 10 people who are SVP are the ones who get to attend and there's a waiting list. And with the shutdown, you know, here, here are people that I've been playing games with and we sit around and we talk smack and we bullshit and we uh-huh. you know you, you know you do that kind of thing you mm-hmm. you connect uh-huh. and and it, it's a brotherhood slash sisterhood depending on who's playing of of people who just get together because we like each other's company uh, yeah. and they're all different all different facets of life the problem has been I haven't seen these guys 
in almost two years now. Yeah. And we have stayed in touch. We've, you know, I, we actually, I attempted at one point to put together an online game. It was not successful uh, just because it, you miss you. It just doesn't work. And yeah. we had our first game in almost two years last <gasps> night. You did? Yeah. And so we had 10, 10, 10, 10 people showing up and it was crazy catching up with everybody. It was crazy the fun we had. It was crazy the amount of time that passed. And again, depending on what the physical constraints are of things coming up, uh, we actually already have the next game planned again. Uh, And the, the beauty of this, Michelle, for me was, you know, I think everybody knows we've moved mm-hmm. and we moved further away from L.A. and mm-hmm. the, by choice. And it's kind of a testament to the group that you play with. Uh-huh. You know, some of these some of these people drove quite a distance mm-hmm. uh, to be at the game last night. And there was Aww. even even one of our friends who, in the midst of all this, moved from here to Las Vegas Wow. And when he found out about the game, coordinated something he needed to do. And he was even here last night. Wow. Um, and so that's one of the things I've got something I'm going to save for the end. But one of the, Ooh. you know, it, it's it's stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it, it didn't have to be poker. But it's the physical connection. It's yeah. that making meaning out of exactly. being part of humanity. Right, right. And, uh, you know, so in, in terms of the physical connection, one of the things that I really missed is um, I had a cooking club before the pandemic where we would get together once a quarter, our friend would put like a whole meal together that we would cook from beginning to end, including a cocktail. So there was an hors d'oeuvre, there was a main meal, there was a dessert, and there was a cocktail. You know, I'm noticing a theme here because your game online has a cocktail too. Well, I have others that don't have cocktails, but but this one did. And, it, um, and when we, we lost all of that, when we went online, but what I did notice is Yelp did this really cool thing. If you're a Yelper at all, which I have been for decades, like post-divorce Yelp helped me get out and get social again and meet new people. And this was, you know, again, decade, like more than a decade ago. And some of my closest friends I met through what are called Yelp community events, Well, anyway, they do those in person, but Yelp also does things um, online. So they did, they did a poetry writing course online where you can chat with other people and the, the author and teacher interacted with us. They also did a couple of cocktail making, you know, because I said, I can't do that in person. So cocktail making uh, hours through Yelp. And then they also have different kinds of meals, things that you can get through. So Again, Yelp is not paying me to do this. It's just a source of support for those of you looking for some new ideas. And um, and so that was one of the things that saved me through the pandemic. <laughs> and then uh, there's a couple of ones that we haven't quite figured out how to play online, but I will confess that since things have kind of opened up a, you know, a lot more fast or a lot more quickly in Florida, we went to Universal Studios. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yes. It was a while ago, but it it was, um, again, the lines, it was very well done. Uh, Lines, very spaced out, hand stuff everywhere, had to wear your masks, et cetera, but it was really fun. And I hope I don't offend some of our listeners that I did that, but 
I don't like standing in line. It oh, is, I, I can't. I, that's, it, I don't do lines. I know it's one of your pet peeves, Scott. It is my worst pet peeve. So I have found if you're ever in a situation where you're waiting for a table or lines are back because things are opening up again, I love heads up. It's the Ellen DeGeneres game that you do. I think you buy the app, but it's just a couple of dollars. And then you can buy special cards. You can even create your own cards. So for instance, I created a deck when I took people on retreat in Sedona, and it was all made up of words that we would have talked about in Sedona. And what you do is the person holds the word up and they can't see it. And everyone else has to try to get them to guess the word and you try to get them. Hands, yep. heads, heads up. Got it. Okay. Heads up. And so when you get the word, you go up and when you pass it, you go down or something like that. And then you get all these points. And it is, I did it with my pre-pandemic. I did it with my brother and sister-in-law, my niece, and we were camping and, and it records your friends, right? So not only are you doing this, but if people make crazy movements or stuff that just crack you up, you get a recording of your friends trying to get you to guess this insane oh, thing. Got it. So I remember one of the words was the Tasmanian devil, right? And my, I, I had it up. I didn't know what it was. And my brother was trying to get me to guess it. And he was like moving his body around like a crazy man, you know, in his twirly twirly. And he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know? <laughs> and having that video of my brother being such a clown, is such a treasure for me <laughs> to have that. So anyway, that's a wonderful, fun game to play. And it's great for like kiddos that are probably nine or above, Yeah, you know, because they, you can get some of the kids games, like the animal ones are sort of fun or the food ones are sort of fun for kids and they can play even maybe younger than that if they're, they're good at that. But, but so heads up, I really loved and um, phase 10, you can do online or with other people or in person. That's a card game. Um, and I have you ever heard of Uno Flips? Oh, you know the old uh, Uno? I know Uno, but I don't know Uno Flip. <laughs> okay, so Uno Flips, we had our brother-in-law come in and visit us and we played Uno Flips. I had such a blast. Uno Flips is regular Uno, but it's double-sided cards and periodically the a card will come up and make you flip the whole deck and your own hand around so one side of the cards are dark and the other side of the cards are light and the dark side of the cards have really intense um crime and punishment you know so instead of draw two or whatever it's like draw 10 or some some insane thing like that and so uno flips is kind of a fun card game if you're starting to have people back over again it's really easy it doesn't take a lot of explaining you know you can easily fold new people in it and it's kind of a lot of fun i gotta tell you i'm starting to hear i haven't done it i've got an entire chest of my old stuff i am starting to hear believe it or not of dungeons and dragons making a comeback Yes. For, the, for those people, I, and I think they can do it online, but uh, just a, I've even today yes. saw a number of posts of people uh, suddenly getting back into, and it may have to do with this whole post-apocalyptic, apocalyptic. Yeah, let's get together um, and do game night. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, D&D is near and dear to my heart. I love mm-hmm. being a dungeon master, not as much being the adventurer. Uh, uh-huh. 
but uh-huh. um, what a we, what a great way to explore your imagination and have the camaraderie of people as you go through and battle trolls and uh-huh. Griffin. You uh-huh. you 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 pick it right. Uh huh. The transportation room. So mm-hmm. that I think that's making a comeback, or and yes. games like it. Yes, there's even a game called Pandemic. I don't know if you've heard of this game, but it's one I, I owned. I have I owned it before the pandemic and played it quite frequently. And you basically, it's a, you know, there's a difference between games that you win and games that you are collaborative, right? right. So there's the competitive, it's a collaborative game where you play against the game. So you play against the dice and et cetera, and you all have different, somebody has a helicopter and can fly you across so-and-so, someone else is a researcher and can open up a research thing to eradicate the pandemic, someone, so it's a little, it's a little bit timely, but it is a wonderful game. And we ended up buying that for nieces and nephews. Well, we've we've got, we've, we've still Mm -hmm. got, we have not played it since the pandemic, but we've got the entire game and the add-ons for is it cards against humanity i think that's what <gasps> I it was love cards against humanity so, except um, it's terrible so that, that may be a, a, <laughs> a, you know a, again a fun thing when you yes. get together with folks uh you can play it online there's an online version oh of course there is Every, uh-huh. yeah. Meaning like me. you could play it as a group online we discovered it it's a little wonky it's not as fun but you can actually play it also as a group online if you're if you're trying to get people together across the United States or internationally for a get together. <laughs> but it's terrible. You got to have the right people and who the know right, your yeah, heart, yeah, and aren't going to be mad at you because it is a terrible. the The child version is apples to apples for those of you that have children. You just want to stay away from. <laughs> any of the <laughs> any of the un-PC that is all throughout that Cards Against Humanity. It's everything un-PC you ever wanted to not know. <laughs> yeah. And then there's um there's an app called House Party for those of you who can play off your phone and join other people in gaming. So let's say your friends aren't into games or they're not available or whatever. You can log into House Party and connect with other friends of yours playing games through your phone online. I don't, I don't know if you knew that, but <laughs> so that is, I, you know, I, it's, it's a lot of different types of gaming, but I just wanted to encourage people to find ways to have fun. Um, Brian and I found our local disc golf in the middle of the pandemic disc golf. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah course because you're really spread out from people and you're outside and so it's easy to keep your social distance on a disc golf course and that was a lot of fun too there speaking of that there's actually i think i saw it on shark tank of all things uh there's actually somebody who's out promoting it's kind of a lacrosse version of golf where you take this scoop thing and you throw the ball Uh instead of hitting it with a club Uh uh and i think that's starting to make some headway no really? pun intended uh throughout the golf courses too yeah get, you know just getting out there and doing things so um you tell me when it when it's a good time because i've got an analog not digital thing that i like doing oh uh, good you, t- well, you tell me when it's good to do that okay so my last tip is i have not figured this out yet but did you know that there's a new service called swimply.com i think it is where you can book someone's pool in their yard by the hour no 
Yeah. It's like the Airbnb version of someone's pool. Yeah. Swim, swimply. So S W I M. Yeah. I'm looking at it right com. Yep. And you can, you know, book a fancy one or like a local one and you don't go inside the person's house. You just rent the pool out for your pool party or to float or whatever. And Brian and I are looking into it because we have a pool. <laughs> like we'll be, we'll let people come over and use our backyard as long as they don't come in the house. That sounded kind of fun. <laughs> All right. So uh, Scott is an attorney, but he's not oh, your, yes. but he's not your attorney. But he's not let, my attorney. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out. I don't know what my homeowner's insurance would say about this. That is very wise, Scott. Um, I think and, someone and, might want to check into that. And, and I can tell you because I actually, I, I thought you were joking when you said this. Because no, I actually it was had, on the news. <laughs> I had a city, I had a, a public entity get a hold of me who, because they closed down the public pool and had public swim classes, had to close down that, wanted to do exactly what you're chatting about, but the city would pay for it. They would go out and take the, in their jurisdiction, they wanted to go and take all the private pools and make those accessible to the people who would have come to the private pool, or pardon me, the public pool, the public pool. instead private. And you can imagine what Scott's wow. response was. It was like, no, that's not going to happen. I, know. I, I know. mean, just the liability of loan, God forbid someone trips, slips and somebody drowns and someone electrocuted. And it's but like, how did, how did they get over this when it came to Uber and Lyft? It's just, if, again, is... you can insure yourself around all of these things. Yeah. Um, I'm simply suggesting it might be, inter- <laughs> it might be interesting <laughs> if you're going to be a provider of this, that you also <laughs> check with your insurance carrier. Your insurance. I think that might be wise, right? Because I remember when someone first told me about Airbnb, like I'm going to go in a stranger's home and yeah. rent out a room or rent out a stranger's home. And like, I'm not going to die. There's not going to be an ax murderer there. And I can, I am such a big fan of Airbnb. I cannot even tell. Oh, or, we, we've or used it. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And same thing with Uber. Like I love that Uber exists or Lyft exists um, compared to my taxi rides where they were mean and rude and oh, expensive. You know, it, which is, which is hilarious because we all, we both are of that age where we grew up with being told, do not talk to people you don't know and don't get into cars yes. with strangers. I know. Well, <laughs> And now you get into cars with strangers and you rent out their homes or even stay in one room of their homes. So bizarre. Anyway, so sometimes we can figure out a way to expand our own previous limitations. Speaking of stories that need to be questioned. That's how we started. That's how I'll end. Um, (laughs) So if you don't mind, uh, I I will share with you one of my my little secrets that I've discovered a long time ago. And have you heard of the term cocology? No. Cocology um, became a sensation, a phenomenon in Japan in 1998. Um, And it is, it is literally comes from the Japanese word kokoro, which is the, the concept of mind or spirit. And what happened is these two authors, and I'm, I'm going to not do the names justice, uh, Tadahiko uh, Naguo and Isamu Seito, and again, I apologize for mispronouncing them, uh, wrote a book called Kokology, K-O-K-O-L-O-G-Y, and it is literally called The Game of Self-Discovery. Wow. 
And they then wrote volume two. And I'm going to explain it to you uh, okay. in a minute. It, massive success in Japan in 1998. They were then translated into English and came to the United States in 2000. That's how I got them. And it is literally called The Game of Self-Discovery, a series of psychological games designed to reveal your hidden attitudes about sex, family, love, work, and more. Sound intriguing, right? Yes. So it's two books, two, two okay. volumes. You can buy them as a, as a pair. I have no uh, financial interest in this, by the way, again, mm -hmm. like anybody, you know, get them Anything on Amazon, you can buy them together. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm going to go through this, uh, Michelle, mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you I'm not going to do the whole thing because it's okay. their, their copyright, but I'm going to give you some titles of the games. Okay. And what these are, these are guided visualizations. Mm -hmm. Some of you may have experienced things like this with the cube, for example, and we, we could do a whole show on the cube because I'm, I, I love that. And oh. I've been very blessed to uh, have been in contact and friends with the author of that book for years, Annie Gottlieb, she's just marvelous. And then there's a walk in the forest, you know, you walk down the, you're walking in the forest and there's a key and there's a cup and all these things, right? I so don't know the walk that, in the forest. Oh, we'll have to do these for, do that for a show. Sometime. Okay. Okay. I'll um, write that so, down. So here's, here's, <laughs> here's, I'm just going to pull some things out of here. I'm going to give you the titles of these games and then I'm going to show you how these works. So we'll do two of them and okay. then we'll end, end this because there are dozens of them. Awesome. Uh, so for example, uh, the bluebird, a night at the symphony, written in the stars, mm. the ride of your life. Any of those sound interesting? The ride of your life. All right. So I'm going to go to the ride of your life, uh, which in mine is page 46. And I'm, again, we're doing this random, folks. We okay. have not. So I don't know anything I'm, about I'm this. Going, I'm going to read this from the book. Again, that's okay. the, it's their copyright. Even for people with normally happy lives, there come times when the everyday seems just a little boring and, well, every day. Although it's certainly nice to be able to know that tomorrow will be a good day, too much predictability can leave you uninspired. But we know a way to escape that daily routine, if only for a short while. The answer lies in seeking out stimulation and the occasional thrill. This is the secret to being able to appreciate the value of even our everyday lives. How do you bring thrills into our lives? Watching movies, traveling, playing sports and games of chance, or maybe a trip to an amusement park, a world where thrills mingle with fantasies. Let's take a trip back to the realm of childhood excitement and fun. You're going to need a piece of paper and a pencil for this quiz. Okay. Number one. You enter the park gate and a roller coaster looms before you with a line of people waiting their turn. How long do you have to wait in line before getting to ride? Should I say it or just write it down? Well, you, you just write it down right now because we want the listeners to do their thing. You got it written down? Yeah, got it. All right, number two, your turn finally comes and now you're racing and plunging around the course. What kinds of feelings does the speed bring out in you? Okay. Number three, at the most exciting point in the course, the roller coaster dives into a pool of water and you're drenched by the spray. What do you shout or scream at that instant? Okay. Number four, 
Next, you decide to try the merry-go-round. But during your ride, for some reason, the horse you're riding breaks down and stops moving. What do you say to the horse? Okay. Yep. Last one. Your ride on the roller coaster was exciting, but it wasn't all that it could have been. If you were going to design the perfect roller coaster, what would the course look like? And then there are instructions here to draw a detailed one. Now, for sake of time here, just imagine in your head what your the roller coaster looks like. The perfect roller coaster for you. Okay. Got it? Yep. And then at the after each one of these, kind of intriguing, right? At, they give you the keys. Okay. To, they tell you what it means. So did you have a good time in the park? In I did. In psychological terms, rhythmical up and down motions represent sexual excitement. Oh. So your responses to these five questions show your attitudes towards sex. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> now, you don't, I, I'm going to give you the key. You don't have to, because of personal issues, unless you want to explain. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> no, number one, the time you spent waiting in line reveals how much time you spend or would like your partner to spend on foreplay. <laughs> Did you have to stand in line for hours before the main event or did you just jump aboard without waiting? <laughs> I got a fast pass. <laughs> it was now, 15 minutes though. So. Now, by the way, do you see, do you see how much, do you see how much, not only is it fun for you, do you see yeah. how much fun this could be in a group setting? Oh, I do. Yeah. N number two, your feelings during the roller coaster ride reveal how you feel while making love. <laughs> did you think this is the best ride I've ever been on? Or was your reaction closer to get me off this thing? I think I'm going to throw up. Uh, it was closer to the first one. Okay. <laughs> uh, number three, in Jungian symbolism, water represents the source of life. Your words at the moment the roller coaster splashed into the pool showed what you might say at the moment of sexual climax. Let's hope you, <laughs> let's hope you didn't say anything you'll end up regretting in the morning. <laughs> I definitely did not. Number four, <laughs> the horse in psychosexual terms is a symbol of the masculine principle. Your words to your broken down steed reflect what you might say to yourself or to your partner in situations where the man failed to rise to the occasion. Oh. Did you say it's all right? Don't worry about it. It's only a ride. You have a truly gentle and forgiving nature if you did. Yes. I can't believe this. I want my money back. If you said that, yeah, you said it. I said, <laughs> and, I didn't know. And, and, and then, <laughs> I said, or, thank you. It was great while it lasted. <laughs> oh, there you go. And then, five, and then number five, your plan for the ideal roller coaster car shows your vision of the perfect sex life. The ups, uh, the ups and downs of a roller coaster ride are an exact metaphor for the thrills and lulls of lovemaking. Was oh, it a long, funny. slow ascent followed by a terrifying plunge, a series of acrobatic loop-the-loops and a 360-degree roll? Or maybe you drew a course where you spend the whole ride turned upside down and backwards. Don't worry. <laughs> your secrets are safe with us. <laughs> that is awesome. So that's an example. I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to give you a, out of here. I'm glad. I'm going to give you one more. This one's going to be out of volume two and okay. i'm going to just read some things here for sake of time michelle if i yeah. hit if i say a title and it jumps out at you 
okay. just say it. Now, I'm going to warn everybody when you get these books, they're not all like what we just did. And okay. they are not all upbeat. Some of them are like your are view of serious. death and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to randomly go through here. Uh, wave after wave, star material, the mirror doesn't lie, spill the wine, skimming the surface, make a wish, happy landings, uh, a little spill horse. Spill the wine. Spill the wine. All In right, honor of the fact that I talked about cocktails three times. There you go. Today. All right. <laughs> well, I, I, again, folks, this is this is the second volume. I really encourage you to get both of them because they're just really cool together. Okay, so here we go. I have no idea. I haven't read this one before, so I don't know what it's going to say. An an elegant French restaurant. The mood is just right. The maitre d arrives with a fine bottle of red wine, and now after approving the vintage and performing the obligatory swish test, you are ready to raise your glass and share a toast between lovers. But as you lift your glass, your arm jerks and you spill wine on the white tablecloth. From the list below, describe the way the wine spilled. Number one, the tablecloth is completely soaked in wine. Number two, there are several large red splotches. Number three, a few drops of wine spilled out here and there, or number four. Fortunately, there's only one small spot on the tablecloth. So you got number two. Then again, for the listeners, it's you got four choices. Tablecloth is completely soaked. Number two, there are several large red splotches. Number three, a few drops of wine spilled out here and there. And number four, fortunately, there's only one small stop or spot on the tablecloth. Wine and other alcoholic drinks are associated in the mind with the feelings of sexual desire. Now, I find it interesting, Michelle, <laughs> that, that you have chosen. Yeah. So, <laughs> Two ones with about sex. Feelings of and sexual desire. And not about death. That's surprising. Yeah, with feelings of sexual desire, but not necessarily performance. The way you imagined yourself spilling the wine shows how you perceive your own sexual drive and your ability to keep it under control. Uh-huh. Number one, the tablecloth is completely soaked in wine. Your sex drive is operating at 200% capacity. <laughs> we'll let the people who should know best answer as to whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But you I really, think it's a great thing. <laughs> but you really should try a little harder to make sure that more of the wine reaches its intended target. <laughs> Number two, there are several large red splotches. I think this was yours, right? It was. Your answer suggests that you, have, you feel a strong sexual attraction to a number of different people. Attraction, <laughs> attraction is one thing, acting on it is another. That's exactly don't, right. Don't let your desire to sample every bottle in the cellar intoxicate you. Mm -hmm. True connoisseurs have learned to appreciate quality without ever needing to swallow a sip. That's so true. Number three, a few drops of wine <laughs> spilled out here and there. You exhibit normal curiosity, but do a good job of reining in your sexual energies, which helps you to avoid trouble and potential embarrassment. Uh -huh. If you're quick with your napkin, there's no reason anyone has to know about these different things. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I want to know what number four is. Fortunately, there's only one spot on the tablecloth. Either you have a better than average reflex when it comes to cu uh, cutting off embarrassing faux pas, 
or there wasn't that much wine in your glass to begin with. <laughs> Aww. Either I'm way. I'm sorry that we're giggling if any of you pick number four. Well, either way, your sex drive is no match for your table manners. There. So, okay. so cocology, co co I, I, they're, they're fun things like this, and, and they are, so uh, there's, there's a number of them. Um, obviously, if you're going to okay. use them with your kids, uh, be discerning on which ones you do, but they're, yeah, they're, it's, it's for any kind of taste they're in there. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad you brought that with you. That's a lot of fun. And I'm going to mark down the cube and the walk in the forest for a future episode. Okay. Cause um, I find these a lot, they're really interesting. I love self-reflective games. Yeah. We could you know, for couples, I think I've mentioned there's like the card game with uh, John Gottman. If you're looking to spice up just your connection, it's not about sex necessarily, but forgot to mention some of the psychological things like uh, John Gottman's um, date night or game, game cards. Yeah. And uh, for finances, Robert Kiyosaki's board game called Cashflow is awesome if you want to get better at managing uh, finances and, and money. So I'm glad we did this. Yeah, this is very cool. All right. Well, yeah. I, I think that brings us to the end here. I think um, so. And thank you, thank you all Which for- is what I yelled when my roller coaster hit the water. Uh, <laughs> so thank, there you go. And I'm, I'm not even going to add to that. Um, what a thank, fun episode, Scott. Thank, thank you for, for doing this with me. Well, yeah, my pleasure. Thank you all for joining us. And uh, we look forward to the- the next week and Michelle, I don't have my calendar right in front of me. Uh, yeah. What is we, next week? Um, so we're either, it depends on the second we have autonomy versus self-determination, but that will air before this. And then we've got future tripping on August 16th. Ah, there we like go. Like how okay. to avoid getting too tripped up about thinking too far into the future. And so it's definitely about keeping your shit together in terms of anxiety management. Perfect. All right, folks, with that, be well, peace, and thank you. Bye-bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.